Trinity family and friends who are listening in. This is Eric Kapoor, pastor of Trinity OC. Welcome. So we've been offering regular meditations on the letter of 1 Peter during this time of coronavirus and quarantine and sheltering in place and all the challenges that that has brought into our lives. Now we zeroed in on this letter, the letter of 1 Peter, for some very specific reasons. One, it was written to provide hope for those who, in Peter's words, are suffering grief from various trials in life. And that certainly describes all of us. But there's another reason why I thought 1 Peter would be especially appropriate. Peter offers a lot of help for us to find hope personally as we deal with grief, as we deal with loss and hardship. But Peter also encourages us to think outside of ourselves. Repeatedly, he talks about those who are suffering these trials, who are experiencing grief, to look outside and to do good to others. The passage we're going to look at today has to do with that looking outward. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 to chapter 2, verse 3. Before I read this passage, I want to pray. Please pray with me. Our Father of all compassion and our God of all comfort, I pray that as we look at your word, as we listen to this text, that you would work new compassion and new comfort into our hearts, but that you would also so implant your life-giving word into our hearts that we would be able to not just think of ourselves, but that we would be able to serve and to love and show compassion and give comfort to the people who are around us who are also suffering. We don't have the strength in and of ourselves to do this. So we ask in the name of Jesus and by the help and the power of your Holy Spirit to make your word living and active in our hearts. Amen. Now let me read the text. It says this, Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart, Love one another constantly, because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. Therefore rid yourselves of all malice all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up into your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is good. So here, Peter is talking about what it means, what it looks like to grow up into salvation. In other words, what is spiritual growth and maturity look like. And he gets really to the center and to the core of what 
spiritual maturity is and how we measure it and what we look to to determine whether we're growing or not. You know, when I ask people as a pastor, how are you doing spiritually? I most often hear people measuring their growth or maturity by things like this. How much or how often uh, do I pray? How much or how often do I read the Bible? Uh, how much do I know about the Bible and study it? Or maybe it's more on the moral side, uh, what sins am I committing? Uh, what sins have I committed today or this week? What sins am I avoiding? Kind of a moral checklist approach to spiritual growth. Now, all of these things are important, but none of these things are necessarily growing into salvation. Why? Because we can do all of these things and still be a very unloving person. But Peter says here, he's describing what a holy and matured life looks like. And he says, it's a life of sincere love for one another, from a pure heart, loving others constantly. Love is, according to Peter and the rest of the Bible, the mark of maturity. So, here we are in a situation where all of our relationships have been put under new strain. We're dealing with new challenges. We're dealing with all kinds of stress. We're not functioning at our optimum levels in any way. All of this combines together to make a perfect storm for difficulties in marriages with our spouses, with our kids, and with other family members as we have concern and worry. What often, what uh, unfortunately comes out of us is not always love. Let me say a few things that I hope encourage you in this. One, do you see what image Peter is using to describe our growth in love? He says it's like a baby. It's like a new birth. This is the image of the Christian life that Peter began early on in chapter one. He says we've been born again into a living hope. The idea is when we come to faith in Jesus, we are like little babies growing into this new life of love. The life that will grow stronger in us, but the life that we won't, won't live perfectly, won't even grasp as much as we would deeply hope until we reach the new creation. But we are living this new life of Christ even now. So friends, in many ways we are all like newborn babies. We are all new at this call. We're all new at this, this life of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune life that will live eternally. We're still very new and young in this life. Be encouraged, friends. You're like a baby still, and so am I. Yet, Peter says it's possible to grow up into salvation like a baby that's growing up and maturing. This is what we are saved into, to grow into a loving life. This is the kind of life that God is indeed growing in us. And as we are experiencing uh, an exposure of our failures, of our inability, of how far we have to go, like we're just a baby learning how to love each other, how can we grow? Peter offers us hope and help. He says, 
we grow because the living and enduring Word of God is at work in us. He says this Word, this enduring Word, that will endure forever, unlike everything else that will fade and wither and fall. He says this Word is the Gospel that was preached to us. He says, so like newborn infants, desire this pure milk of the Word. Long for the gospel, so that you grow up into your salvation, if you have indeed tasted that the Lord is good. So let me encourage you with this, as you're maybe like me, seeing in new ways your failure to love and how hard it is for you. Peter says here, here's the picture, here's the word, here is the gospel. Our need for it is constant, like a baby needs milk. One commentator said, for the infant, milk is not a fringe benefit. And friends, for me and for you, neither is the word, the word of the gospel. We don't say to a baby who's hungry and screaming for milk, Hey, I just fed you four hours ago. Can't you wait until tomorrow? Of course not. The infant needs to grow. It needs to be nourished. It will die without milk. That's the picture of how we grow, how much we need to drink in the word of the gospel to grow in love. And what Peter says here is, he doesn't say, Uh, Grow in your knowledge of the Word, although that's important. Grow in understanding all your questions that you have about the Word, although that's important. He says, no. Here's how it works. You grow up into your salvation if you have tasted what? That the Lord is good. What is so tasty? What do we need to taste in the Word? Uh, To to be right and to have right doctrine? Important, but no. Uh, To be good and moral? Important, but no. Uh, To be loving and to be a better person? Uh, That's important. But no, he says to taste and see the Lord is good. Taste him is what he's saying. This is how we taste the goodness of God, even when we're suffering, even when we're struggling to love. He says, taste this. Though we are more unloving and unlovely than we will ever really see ourselves, there is nothing we can do to make him love us more and nothing we can do to make him love us us less because Jesus loved us, gave himself for us, for our good, at the greatest expense, at the expense of his own life. That is how much you are loved. That is what you will taste in the word as you go to it for nourishment. We need that nourishment, friends. And so I encourage you to carve out space to receive that nourishment to taste. It's not a time for you to taste guilt and shame and failure. It is a time for you to taste forgiveness, redeeming love, the lifting of shame, the lifting of your burdens, because there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less. You are his beloved son or daughter in Christ. And when we believe that, when we drink that in deeply, we have something to give to others, even when they're hard to love. Think about that, friends, and peace be with you. Drink in the word. Amen.